0: Hey guys, it's Elise here. Before we dive into this week's episode, just wanted to let you know about a couple of things. First of all, this week's episode is actually one of our Patreon episodes. We're making it available in our regular stream for everyone to hear, to give you an idea of what you get when you become a patron of Rabbit Holes Podcast. If you're interested in doing that, head over to our website, www.rabbitholespodcast.com. Check the support tab and you'll get a link straight to Patreon and our page, or you can just head straight over to Patreon and search for the show name. We hope you enjoy and we hope you'll consider coming on board and being a patron for the show. The other thing to let you know is that February is going to be a very special month for Rabbit Hole's podcast. And that's because we're calling it Friends February. All four episodes that month are going to feature friends of ours who are now friends of the show And we're gonna tackle a whole weird range of topics ranging from con men to artificial intelligence. It has been a lot of fun recording and we're so glad that you get to meet some of our friends. So stay tuned for that. Make sure that you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever it is you're downloading this podcast from. And that way you'll never miss an episode. So let's dive into the show. Bye guys. everyone. Welcome to the first episode, first Patreon episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm your other host, Andy. Welcome. We are very excited to have you listening to our show today because that means you are one of our patrons. Yes. And don't tell the others, but that means we like you a little bit more and a little bit better than everyone else. That is true. No, actually, don't you know tell the others so that they come on board as patrons as well. They do. They should. We hope that these stories will be just Batshit and awesome enough that you will continue to be a patron just to listen to these special episodes. Absolutely. Uh, so remember, if you come on board at the $3 a month level, you get one episode. You can either pick from Andy or myself. But if you want to come on board at the $5 a month level, that means you get both stories. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, because we're both awesome. We are. And equally you know, awesome and equally as insane, just with different flavors and colors on it. Yeah. yeah. We're both cheap. But not easy? Or are we easy but not cheap? I think I'm both. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but that's just me. Um, so, I like a good steak dinner, so maybe I'm just not that cheap. <laughs> there you go. And I'm plus size. I'll take anything you're serving. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Love me steak. <laughs> so before we get on with uh, our stories, we just wanted to do some what we would call housekeeping in yes. the professional world that we work in. <laughs> Pseudo-professional world. Pseudo-professional. We were just discussing wearing slippers at the office, but it is what it is. <laughs> and going barefoot. Uh, so you can find us on our website, which you, if you're a patron, you probably know somewhat about, uh, at www.rabbitholespodcast.com. Email us at rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you have any story ideas, if we have said something wrong or... Just tell me how much I just absolutely bastardize all these names that I come across. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at Rabbit Holes Pod, Facebook. You can look up our uh, page at Rabbit Holes Podcast page, and in Instagram at Rabbit Holes Podcast. Yes, I would just like to say if I make any mistakes, don't tell me. I'm very fragile. Andy's open to criticism. I'm not at all. <laughs> well, I'm just going to continue to like absolutely fuck up these names so (laughs) so just get on board and enjoy it yeah (laughs) Uh, while we're uh, doing our last little bit of housekeeping um, if you like us and obviously you do if you come on board as a patron please uh, go on to iTunes, Stitcher and or Google Play wherever you're downloading our podcast and leave us either a good rating or a good review Uh, it helps with our visibility and getting our name and show out there which we need as justification for the time and effort that goes into making this podcast. Yes, because I was up till one thirty in the morning last night <laughs> writing the story that you're about to hear. <laughs> so yeah, uh, on that note, let's jump into the stories. So Andy, you want to tell us about your your rabbit hole? Oh, it's a doozy. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> I know. i <I'm> was so excited. <laughs> so this rabbit hole started by me stumbling upon a website called LiveScience.com that has a whole section... Called Weird Stories. (laughs) So that I no doubt will reference in the future because I'm sure that this will be inspiration for many a podcast. Right. Uh, So I saw this article uh, that was called... Zafar the sexually frustrated dolphin shuts down beach in France so of course I had to click on it because what the fuck <laughs> so a three meter long bottlenose dolphin named Zafar by the locals has been hanging around the area in western France for the last few months at first he would just interact with boats and then he started letting people swim with him and uh, if divers held on to his fin he'd let them like dive with him Um, And then he started rubbing up against boats and people. And this rubbing meant, well, that he was horny and looking for a good time. Uh, So what what it meant was that he really belonged in the club at like 11 o'clock because it's not going to be a quality pull and he just will not leave you alone. At least that's been my experience with gentlemen rubbing up against me. Yeah. So he was just looking for a little satisfaction action. And so, according to the stories, that he really started to misbehave um, by lifting up one woman out of the water with his nose and then keeping one swimmer from returning to shore. Oh. This swimmer actually had to be rescued. It was so bad. Oh my God. So, his this dolphin, the Zahar's behavior has gotten so bad that one of the local mayors had to issue a bylaw banning swimming when he was confirmed to be in the area. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we as ladies have a similar system in which we will text each other and say don't go to this location because there's a pervy guy hanging out. Yes. So this is the pervy dolphin. <laughs> so when this uh, particular beach in this area if he's confirmed to be uh, around, they no one can swim. Like, so the mayor basically cock-blocked a dolphin. Yes, because they were worried that he was <laughs> going to accidentally drown somebody. Right. Because he was, you know, keep That it. aggressive with it. Yeah, so he was keeping people from going back to shore, and they had to be rescued. So, yeah, they oh were just God. like, holy crap, like, this could get bad pretty quickly. Uh, again, like, just people just don't interact with wild animals like that. Like, Stay Jesus. out of the water. Um... Dolphins are cute. Save from your boat. Oh my God, look, he's swimming with us. But then just don't go, like, I'm going to actually swim with him. Please. So dolphins are known to have recreational <clears throat> sex with other dolphins throughout the year and sometimes direct their sexual energy towards other species, including humans. Now, the original story had a uh, link on the recreational sex, those two <laughs> words. So, of oh, course, clicked because, it, it. of course, because part of you is hoping it's more dolphin stories, but part of you was also hoping it's not, and it gets weirder, right? Yeah. Well, actually, this link took me to an article called "How Dolphins Do It in Water with Weird, Complicated Genitalia." <laughs> uh, Their article itself was a bit of a bust because it was about uh, what was it a bust? Uh, it, so the article wasn't at all about how dolphins have sex just because they feel like it, but more about some researcher researcher from who were trying to figure out how dolphins have sex underwater. So apparently, marine mammals are known for their twisty, curvy vaginas, because they have to keep seawater out of the oh. uteruses, and they have sex underwater, so they don't want like water I, to get pushed in there. Which is like, I am learning so much right now. I know. <laughs> Lots is known about the male reproductive system, but shockingly, not that much is known about the female. Not just in dolphins. Not just in dolphins. So these researchers removed the reproductive tracts from some dolphins and harbor seals that died of natural causes. They created molds of the vagina with silicone so they could understand its shape. Then they froze the vaginas. Okay. And I assume the penises. Once they were ready, they thawed the vaginas... Pumped the dicks full of saline, put the two together, and gave it an old CT scan to see how it all fit. Wow. Somebody, I would just like to point out, got funding to do this. Yes. (laughs) Probably from the Canadian government. So, like, my (laughs) question is, and now this person is doing some studies at Dalhousie, but they're also a research assistant at a U.S. Okay. So, this person was both sides of the border. Also, what do you say when someone goes, so what did you do today? <laughs> well, I thought of some dolphin vagina and penis, <laughs> pumped the penis up, fixed it somehow so it would stay erect, then jammed the penis in the vagina and scanned it. <laughs> like, no, at that point you just say, normal day at the office. Yeah. And you hope there's no follow-up questions. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the article wasn't too weird other than that. Like right. It was just a whole mm-hmm. lot of, they were... T- it, it was just newly, they were talking, they did that abstract, uh, probably a concurrent session at a conference somewhere that this writer had been to. They hadn't published their full work yet. This was just published, like, in August, so I would assume the rest of it isn't out yet. But yeah, just that was probably the best, weirdest part of it. <laughs> So back to the, I went back to the original article. With, ended with this little paragraph, about a, a research experiment in the '60s that was funded partially by NASA that was trying to teach dolphins English. During the experience, one of the dolphins got sexually attracted to one of the trainers. Right. And when the experiment ended, the dolphin Peter killed himself. <laughs> this, of course, made me want to know more because about dolphin suicide or Peter. Just this experiment, okay, as a whole. Now, that also had a link to an article uh, from The Guardian, and this click was so worth it. Oh, the British papers always come through for us. Uh, so, oh, yeah, this click was definitely worth it. The original, the article was called The Dolphin Who Loved Me, The NASA-Funded Project That Went Wrong. <laughs> With this title, it could be really a wild ride or a real letdown. This article was not a letdown. Yes. <laughs> Uh, an American neuroscientist called Dr. John Lilly was interested in observing big-brained marine mammals in the late 50s. So I guess there was this idea in the late 50s that the bigger brain, the more intelligent the animal. Okay. I think uh, the majority of humanity can disprove that, but yeah, continue. <laughs> like dolphins, whales, etc. cetera. In his studies and, and observe it, his him and his wife used to sail around and observe like animals out of the wild, he came across a the Marine Studios in Miami, which was the first place to keep bottled-nosed dolphins in captivity. There he had a chance to work and map their cerebral cortex using fine probes that he had developed for rhesus monkeys. But brain mapping was not easy for the dolphins. And they, this this article goes, or the scientists. So I'm like, mm, I think it's harder on the, the dolphins. Because <laughs> you can't sedate dolphins. Aww. Oh. So, uh, yeah, because they oh. die. So, yeah. So, the outcome was often not great for the dolphins. Or so the, what we're saying is if dolphins had the ability to write screenplays, this would be like the Centipedes movie. Yeah. Level of terror. Yeah, pretty much. Oh so, God. in 1957, Mary, Dr. Lily's first wife, observed a dolphin mimicking the voices of Dr. Lily and his assistant during surgery. Oh. <gasps> This, I know, this observation led Dr. Lilly to reason that dolphins had the ambition to communicate with humans around them. Stop cutting into my brain, is what the dolphin was saying. Yes. He uh, extrapolated his wife's initial observations into a book published in 1961 called Man and Dolphin. The idea of talking dolphins, eager to tell us something, captivated the public, and it caused the book to become a bestseller. Yes, so this book sounds batshit crazy because he went from his wife's saying, hey, it sounds like this dolphin is mimicking you and Alice's voice as you're, you know, probing the poor bastard's brain to teaching them English to the point of marine mammals would sit at the UN (laughs) and provide enlightening input into the world affairs. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say no. (laughs) No. Yeah. Because to the very simple, simple problem of water tanks. <laughs> how, how are you going to get the water tanks into the Security Council room? Think it through, people. Think it through. So Lily's theory had special significance for another group of scientists, astronomers. Hmm. Frank Drake, who was working on the first experiments to detect signals from extraterrestrial civilizations at this very large antenna in Green Bank, Virginia, I think. Yeah, the SETI. Yes. Yeah. So he was really interested with his work because he saw parallels with Lily's work or idea uh, because they both wanted to understand as much as they could about the challenges of communicating with other intelligent species uh, that would not communicate in the same way that we do. Okay. So this interest helped Lily score funding from NASA and other government agencies. This funding helped to set up a new lab in the Caribbean in 1963 called the Dolphin House. Mm-hmm. This lab is pretty cool. It was located in the, the on the island of St. Thomas. The upper floors overhung a sea pool that housed the dolphins, and the pool was cleaned uh, daily by the tides, so it had spots. Oh. It was like a natural – they must have sort of barricaded off a naturally forming pool, right. and the tides would come in and out, um, and it was open – so the it had the feeling of at least being... Right. So you know, you're just mocking the dolphins who are in captivity yes. with freedom. <laughs> but it's not like it's a sunless room, which we'll talk about later. Oh, boy. Um, the lab had upper rooms that overhung the pool. and it was, it was pretty cool. So the facility has three dolphins, Peter, Pamela, and Sissy. This article focused on Margaret Howe Lovett, a researcher at the lab... In true 60s fashion, this woman had no formal training. (laughs) She had no background in any of this. So she heard – so she, as a kid, read this series called Mrs. Margaret's or something where a cat talks or something. Uh, That sounds vaguely familiar, yeah. So she was captivated by this as a child, this idea of talking animals. And she was living on St. Thomas in her early 20s, and someone had told her about the secret lab working with dolphins. So she just showed up. Okay. She just drove out there, showed up, talked to the head of the lab, and he went, Hey, why don't you go down and observe the dolphins for a little bit? Write down what you see and come back and tell me. So apparently she was very observant. (laughs) So they hired her. In the good old days. Like, now you need, like, a master's degree, a doctorate, and postdoc experience to get an entry-level job at McDonald's, but... I know. Sure. <laughs> so she showed up out of the blue, and the director of the lab just gave her a job, basically. While the other research and scientists worked on the animal-to-animal communication, uh, Lovett was really interested in this, in Lily's dream of teaching dolphins English. So... At this point, no one was staying overnight in the facility. They'd work through the day and then they'd basically shut her down and the dolphins would be on their own at night and all of the researchers would go home. Uh, Lovett decided that this was wasted time. Oh, God. And that reason that if she could live with a dolphin around the clock, nurturing it and nurturing its interest and in making human-like sounds, then they'd have more success. Sort of like a parent tries to teach their kid how to talk and like constantly talking to it and stuff. So she convinced him to let her waterproof and flood the upper floors and let her live there. So part of the upper floors were plastered and eventually they got waterproofed and it took a while. And she chose the young male dolphin called Peter to be her roommate as he had not had any (laughs) training with English. So they hadn't tried to teach him any English at this point. So Lovett would attempt to live with Peter six days a week, 24-7. She slept on a platform in the middle of the room and had a desk suspended from the ceiling to do her paperwork. On the seventh day, Peter would return to the pool with the two female dolphins. So not only is she like 24-7 with this dolphin, this dolphin is 24-7 with her, Mm -hmm. 24-6 with her. This this sounds like it's going to be healthy. (laughs) Even if I didn't have an idea of where this is going, I would have serious concerns about everyone's mental health involved because this sounds like the start of an urban legend, but go ahead. (laughs) So this is also the 60s. Right. Early 60s. (laughs) So... Um, so she would have twice daily lessons, repeatedly encouraging him to greet her with the phrase, hello, Margaret. But the end was really hard for him. Of course, he was a fucking dolphin, lady. <laughs> like, he's a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it turns out that NASA was more interested in having dolphins teach humans dolphinese. Okay. Like, or sort of, like, understanding how, Yeah. yeah. Their main experiment, what they wanted them to do, was uh, have two dolphins be separate tanks where they couldn't see each other, and then teach one dolphin a special way to obtain food, some sort of procedure, and then see if that dolphin could tell the other dolphin how to do it in its tank. Okay. Yep. But Lily never seemed to be able to pull this, like, experiment yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Um, so Love It was, however... Encouraged to continue trying to teach Peter English. However, the dolphin being a randy bastard was getting in the way. At first, they would send him downstairs to visit the ladies once a week. Those poor ladies. I know. But that got disruptive to the lessons, apparently. Also, probably not very easy to just cart him downstairs. Um, and it was starting to get not often enough for his urges. Oh, boy. So Lovett started to give the dolphin handjobs. Oh, God. I allowed that, she said. To her, it was scratching an itch so they could both get back to training. However, according to her, it was a precious thing, carried it with great respect. (laughs) It wasn't sexual on her part, sensuous perhaps. But it made the bond closer. That's worse. Not sexual, but sensuous. It's just worse. It was all innocent until... Somebody realized she was committing bestiality and got really sick and nauseous over it? (laughs) No. So all of this experiment happened in the early 60s, but apparently a story appeared in Hustler in the late 70s (laughs) about the experiment. The article was in the sex play section and called Interspecies Sex, Human, and Dolphin, and had a wonderfully, wonderful drawing of a dolphin having sex with a woman. Ugh. Love it. Purchased every copy she could find, but the story was out there and continues to circulate to this day on the <laughs> internet. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. this podcast. <laughs> um, so she finds it a bit uncomfortable, she admits, but also says that that was not the point nor the result of the experiment, so she doesn't let it bother her. But... Out, she did go to every store on the island, which apparently at the time was only two in the <laughs> early 70s, that had Hustler and bought every copy. She should feel bad about it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but ew. That's just ew. <laughs> yep. Although there are like vets that do it for insemination purposes and stuff, but really, they're, yeah. they're not doing it because they want to try to teach the horse to speak English and race. Right. His- Basically, she's Rewarding. She's trying to reward him to like it. It's like when you give your so a handy or a blowjob because he emptied the dishwasher. Yeah, like it's positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> and then something else other than the horny dolphin started to disrupt the spearmints. Can you guess what it was? Remember, it's the early sixties, and they're in the Caribbean, Cuba. No, it was drugs, mainly LSD. <laughs> So Dr. Lilly was a big self-experimenter, of course, with LSD. Now the book makes more sense. Yeah. All of this makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. Again, it's the 60s and the government gave a bunch of researchers the ability, including Dr. Lilly, to use LSD in his experiments. So of course he started shooting up the dolphins with it. Oh my God. And much to his annoyance, it doesn't seem to have any effect. Other than making the dolphins really high? No, they didn't. Not even that? Not even that. Oh, boy. So he tried many different ways to get them to react and nothing. According to the vet uh, at the time of the facility, Andy Williamson, different species react to pharmaceuticals in very different ways. So this can be very tricky. Like a horse tranquilizer could actually make a dog super hyper. Right. Just because how they metabolize the ingredients right. differently. Or it makes a whole bunch of club kids really... Yeah. ...party down. <laughs> so, uh, Lovett was not in favor of injecting the dolphins with LSD, so she managed to convince Dr. Lily not to inject Peter. But as a woman in her 20s with no standing in academia or the world of research, she was powerless to stop him from injecting the other dolphins. Like she has said, like, she didn't, she wasn't for the drug experimenting... That's where she drew the line. Yeah, that's where she drew the line. Handy, she was okay with. <laughs> LSD, which might, like, alleviate some of the mental constraints since the poor dolphin is under. No. By autumn in 1966, uh, Lily, Lily's interest in the speaking dolphin experiments was dwindling, and according to Lovett, it didn't have the zing of the LSD studies, and in the end her project was canceled, which was fine because the her experiment was only supposed to last six months anyway. Okay. And it was sort of at the end of uh, at the end of its lifespan. In the end, Lily's cavalier attitude to the dolphins' welfare was his downfall, making the lab's director leave and his funding cut. So after the six-month living experiment was ending, the lab was closed and the dolphins were shipped to Miami. Lily's other lab. This lab was a disused bank building, and the dolphins were kept in smaller tanks without any natural sunlight. Aww, yeah. So in that environment, as you can imagine, Peter deteriorated quickly and after a few weeks killed himself. I know that sounds really dramatic, but apparently dolphins have to actually think about breathing. So it's a conscious effort. So they actually have to like put in effort to breathe. So if life becomes unbearable, they just take a breath, sink to the bottom and don't take another breath. So they actually can kill themselves. This whole last paragraph of your notes was just all over the place. Bonkers, and I'm gonna need a minute. Go back up to the top. What was the first thing? First part of that last sentence? Not the the kill themselves, but what happened before that? Bank, no windows, and then? So, uh, because his funding was getting cut, and her six month live in experiment was ending anyway, the funding was getting cut, so they were closing the St. Thomas like Mm cool lab. And she was getting so uh, Lovett's main job then was just closing up shop. So she had to um, arrange for the dolphins to be shipped to Miami where Lily had his other lab, which was this old bank building mm-hmm. where the dolphins were kept in much smaller tanks. They had no direct sunlight. It wasn't like the St. Thomas lab where it yeah. had natural surroundings. It was literally a fish tank. Yeah. A smallish fish tank for dolphins <sighs> oh with God. no natural sunlight. So Peter deteriorated quickly because he was in this, like, shitty environment. He was no longer getting handies on the rag, <laughs> But he was also no longer around her. She was still Tate Thomas, and he was in Miami, and Aww. this was the love of his life. Long so distance wasn't going to work for yeah, him. Yeah, so he was heartbroken. So Oh, my um, God. Humans so, are trash. Yeah, so Andy, he, we just need to burn the planet down. I know. Um, so Peter deteriorated really quickly, and after only a few weeks of being in Miami, he killed himself. Oh Why my not God! Yeah, so dolphins have to think to breathe. So yeah. <gasps> oh my! Yeah, we need a new plague. Let's. Just, we need start over. Burns the ground. Uh, the vet at the time put it down to a broken heart because he's <gasps> suffering oh from love it. Love it was quoted to uh, to a saying like I wasn't terribly unhappy about it. I was more unhappy about him being in those conditions in the Miami lab okay, than there. not being alive at all. Right. Like, you know, she she's quoted as saying she would have loved to have kept him, but it's not like it was a cat or a dog. It was a dolphin. Like you can't keep a pet dolphin. Yeah. So she had no choice but to let him be shipped off to Miami. And and I think she's probably right. Better dead than living in a fishbowl full of LSD. Right. So hopefully at some point you said to yourself, Jesus, the 60s were crazy. And shooting up an animal or other creatures with drugs is insane. And at least that doesn't happen now. (laughs) Well, you'd be wrong. Yeah, I was going to say. So I was reading, because of course I went, this doesn't happen now. It does. So I was reading a story released last week about an octopus or in early September, depending on when you're reading this, um, about giving octopuses ecstasy to see if they become more social. Right so octopuses are solo creatures and avoid other animals and especially other octopuses unless they're mating if they come across other octopuses they can be very aggressive and actually kill each other um but octopuses are also smart and clever they mm-hmm. get into tanks etc so scientists gave them ecstasy to see if they would try and interact with other octopuses more you know why that's a really really bad idea because they'll get handsy with eight hands hi <laughs> The octopuses were placed in a tank that had a chamber, which another octopus was in a cage in. Because they didn't want okay. Like, they yeah. wanted to make sure it yes. but safely. Yeah. The octopuses that were high spent more time around their cage trying to hug it, <laughs> trying to give it, like, octopuses' kisses. So this is really <laughs> abnormal behavior outside of mating season. Okay. So I guess that this is a small study. It was only done with four octopuses. But I guess the study was... That if their findings are confirmed by a larger study with more controls, like more octopuses, more like a group mm-hmm. of non-high and a group of high controls, etc., that it might help understanding how psychiatric drug therapies affect humans. Wait, we still have questions about what E does? <laughs> what? I, like, I Just like, this, this to me seems like a stretch and yeah. really unnecessary to shoot up some poor animal with like a street drug. Like I'm, yeah. I'm okay with, like I'm not great, but I'm okay with like animal testing on say like a new cancer drug, like mice and stuff like that. Mm. But I am not okay with unne- like seemingly unnecessary research. Like really, what is this going to tell us? I was going to ask like what's the practical application for There is apparently that- no actual practical application. So just somebody got a shit ton of money from some granting organization and just had the e contact that they wanted to spread the wealth around to. Like I, I don't, I don't understand what the justification <laughs> of like I'm um, you know what I dude you know what we should do we should shoot up some octopuses with some ecstasy or put some ecstasy in a tank so they absorb it through their gills just to and see then what just happens. to see what happens like let's see if they get more handsy oh. like what the how, how does that affect – how is that going to honestly benefit humanity in any way? Help understanding how psychiatric drug therapies affect humans. I'm pretty sure we're pretty sure how psychiatric drug therapies from two people on psychiatric drugs, yeah. you know, in some shape or form, like – And I'm pretty sure the effects of E have been well-studied and are yeah. pretty much well-understood. Yes. We had rave culture in the 90s. Yeah, we learned all we needed to know back then, and now it's just recreational, unfortunately. But, like, if it's not for humanity, it's for the octopus, but, like, what is the practical application to the octopi? Like, are we trying to make the entire octopus population on the planet just more friendly to one another? Yeah, are we to start dropping E in the ocean. Can we like, start with each other first? Like, yeah. let's let's fix humanity's problem with one another. Maybe other. start giving us all E so we're a little more handsy. I mean, come on. Apparently, handsies <laughs> is the term of the day here. So, to recap. Uh, humans are trash. Uh, the 60s were wild. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, dolphins can become sexually attracted to humans and very disruptive, as this Randy Dolphin shutting down beaches in France can testify. If you ever want to see a really interesting Hustler article, I would look up the interspecies yeah, sex we- dolphin and human. When you said she went out and bought all the articles, I was like, or all the magazines with that article, and I was like, man, like. How much money did she have? And then to only find out it was just two magazine stores on one little island. I'm like, oh, so it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> they, she was just trying to try to like keep her neighbors from like, yeah, <laughs> discovering this. But it was out there anyway. They never taught Peter how to speak English, as far as I could tell. Color me shocked. I know. Um, And really, they never reacted to LSD. So the poor bastards got drugged up for nothing. Mm. They never got anything good out of it. Those poor dolphins. I felt so bad. Also, they got probed without being sedated. Which... Like, I didn't even... Like, I couldn't manage to have two babies without drugs. So I can't imagine how my brain probed. Like, it just really brought me back to, like, those Canadian heritage moments about burnt toast. Yeah. Like... But that dolphin was probably going, Burt Toast, bitches, Burt Toast! toast, (laughs) Burt Toast, please make the Burt Toast go away. If you don't know what that means, it means you are either a new Canadian or an American. And uh, we feel sorry for you. Yes, because you should probably YouTube Canadian Heritage Moments Burt Toast and then YouTube uh, Canadian Commercial House Hippo. Just for fun. Just for fun. (laughs) And that is my rabbit pool, uh, rabbit hole, rabbit pool. (laughs) Uh, well, I mean, we're sexually dolphins. frustrated dolphins <laughs> and um, women who give them handies. For science. For science. <laughs> for sixty science. I'm not sure how science-y that is. <laughs> and now, Elise, for your story. For my story, um, I have a caveat to start off to say, if you haven't figured it out yet, listening to all of our episodes... Uh, that I am a proud feminist. Uh, in fact, I'd say I'm almost rabid in my feminism. I'm As, not a feminazi. But not a feminazi. I was just going to say feminazis are out to crush every man and make sure that women are the superior and ruling gender and have no time for men. I just think we should be equal to men, and I have no time for them personally, but I understand that there's a place for them in society, preferably a quiet place. But that's just me. That's just me. You also have not had a recent run in with some I've I've had enough of a run in with online dating to know that your men are trash and just not worth my time. This coming from the other person who's been in the same relationship since two thousand and three. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I've been in no relationship since quite a while and I enjoy it immensely. <laughs> If you're one of those people who think that feminism and feminazis are the same concept, I'd like to say fuck you. We're not. We're two very different. Uh, and I don't have time for feminazis. So that's my caveat before we start uh, down this rabbit hole. And my rabbit hole uh, for this Patreon episode is uh, to explore the word of the worlds of the incels. Now I hadn't heard this word until this year. Uh, yeah, I hadn't either. Yeah. But apparently it's a long-term phenomenon. I think it's just become more widely known this year uh, because of a whole host of just utter trash that humanity is engaging in, but we'll get into that. So I started off needing to know more about incels because I know very little about them but their activities. So I went to that good old standby website. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Incel, uh, the term, is a portmanteau for involuntary celibates. That is probably the first glimpse into their weird little worlds. And I should say I'm doing this on a Patreon episode because I just don't want the bullshit that would come along with putting this out into the world. I'm assuming if you're paying for our episode, you're probably a fan-ish and agree with their worldviews. Whereas to just put this out into the yeah. worlds invites these internet goblins to my doorstep and I don't have time for it. Uh, incels are members of an online subculture who define themselves as unable to find romantic or sexual partners despite desiring one, a state that they describe as involuntary celibacy. Self-identified incels are mostly white, male, and heterosexual, and discussions on incel forums are often characterized by resentment, misanthropy, self-pity, self-loathing, narcissism, misogyny, racism. The endorsement of violence against sexually active people and a sense of entitlement to sex, which, fuck you, no one is entitled to sex. Nope. Let alone anything else in this world. So uh, these, I was going to say these gentlemen, but these online trolls, goblins, uh, seem to be like a real friendly group
1: that Mm -hmm. you're going to want to
0: spend time with uh incels also believe that single people seeking a partner participate in a cruel mercenary and darwinian sexual selection process wherein they are seen as genetically unfit and where women hold the advantage for reasons ranging from feminism to the use of cosmetics so i'm sorry but anyone who's put on mascara knows that it's certainly Not an advantage, and it usually leads to temporary blindness (laughs) from when you stab yourself in the eye. I don't wear mascara. Oh, like I do now on the reg, but like ask my friend Anna when we were growing up together and when I started wearing it, like every time, like non fail, non stop, constant poking in the eye, and still I'll do it occasionally. It is not an advantage for anyone doing it because it blinds us. Blonded by the light. The Mascara wand Incels, charmingly enough, are advocates for And I quote Forced sexual redistribution In which the government would require women to engage In certain sexual relationships So, otherwise known as Handmaid's tail? The handmaid, literally I have a note Or the handmaid's tail, redux Basically it's sexual Marxism Like the redistribution of the commodity In which case we are the commodity well, I'm sorry. Our utes and vaginas are the commodity. The Southern Try po- to come at me like that and I'll cut a bitch. Oh, yeah. Big time. The Southern Poverty Law Center ha- added them to their list of hate groups for being part of the online male supremacist ecosystem. I have donated more money to American political causes in the last 18 months than I have to any Canadian political cause ever, including the Southern Poverty Law Center. So if you have a few extra dollars to spare, I... Highly recommend you head on down to their website and give some cash <laughs> or, you know, to us and we'll do the good work on your behalf. Members of this online amorphous community uh, have been responsible for four mass murders in the U.S. since, well, not in the U.S., but in North America since 2014. I'm not going to name these people. Uh, I will name their um kind of the, the name given to these events, because I think the victims need to be uh, acknowledged and honored for basically a sacrifice they had no part, they shouldn't have had a part in. Uh, in 2014, there was the UCSB killings. 2015, the Umpaca Community Center, or sorry, Community College shooting. 2018, the Parkland shooting. Uh, and then in 2018, we in Toronto, or we in Canada had the Toronto van attack. These are all committed by men who at some point claimed, um, alliance or community with the incel group. Oddly enough, the term was co-opted from a very innocent place. In 1993, a Canadian college student put on her website um, that she was engaged in um, a lifestyle of involuntary celibacy. So it was a woman and a Canadian who first started talking about incel, and that's where the term came from. It became, in 1993, an online platform and later a mailing list where lots of different people from different groups talked about their thoughts and experiences, mainly predicated on social awkwardness, marginalization, or mental illness. The movement has morphed in the last 20 years or so to the point where the original Canadian college student who started it said recently, publicly, that she doesn't recognize it at all. It has nothing to do with what she had originally started. It had to do with, I think, the, the, just the social awkwardness yeah. of people who either have anxiety or mental illnesses to interact with attract people they find attractive right. of the other sex which is or when the, same people, sex. Or the same sex but like as soon as you find someone attractive you are like even oh yeah I, I think everybody unless you're like a real you got all blubber mouthed the subway sandwich guy yes, at that's the true. restaurant the other day and I was just like who are you married mother of two like <laughs> I am not dead, I'm buried. (laughs) Um, So the movement has morphed uh, since it started over the last 20 years. And it ended up recently as a subreddit, which I'm afraid of Reddit in general. I went on it once just to see what all the the kids were talking about. I've never been on it because I fear oh, it deeply. Don't get, like in the landing page there was like maybe ten stories highlighted, and immediately I was like bullshit, 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 just weird, bullshit, bullshit, not true. So like, it's not it's not even worth your time. I think why we're hearing about it now and why it's becoming so mainstream now is these subreddits, because in them, posters advocate for the rape or violence towards other women. They're often misogynistic and racist, and they share tips on how to rape women. Lovely. Delightful. Mm -hmm. Because as if men needed it. Yeah. Like, they're so hard up for ideas or tips on how to do it, but, like, 17-year-olds just do it naturally, according to the GOP this week. So, yeah. They need the help. Uh, the subreddit where this these conversations and these rape tips are shared was banned by Reddit in November 2017. For, Ooh, you know it's bad when Reddit, Reddit oh, bans it. <laughs> I know, right? They were banned for violating a new policy that was put into place uh, that uh, banned content that encourages, glorifies, incites, or calls for violence or physical harm against an individual or a group of people. Of course, um, these monsters... Just can't be kept down. And so they just moved on to other subreddits. And like everything these days, they became more extremist and focused on violence. Uh, thanks to the alt right, is where a lot of the uh, experts are putting blame for that. They're still welcome on the bastion of that terrible, terrible worldview, which is the 4chan website. Oh, 4chan? Yeah. 4chan. So that's the statistical slash background, but what about the people who make up the movement? What really makes them tick? Um, kind of wanted to get into understanding it in that know thine enemy type of way, because these are the f- version of feminazis, but for men, and I don't have time for feminazis, so I certainly don't have time for these yep. goblins. I found an article by Gia Tolentio from The New Yorker called The Rage of the Incels. Uh, in this article, the author describes a society in which women have been conditioned to blame themselves if we're found unattractive and can't find a partner. But that same society teaches men to blame women as if they can't find a partner as well. So no matter what, we just can't win. Yeah. It's our faults if we can't find partners. It's our faults if they can't find partners. And this is the the stew that toxic masculinity bathes in on the reg. Uh, cultural changes have led to women being able to stand on our own uh, and value our own independence. So we've had the sexual revolution, the self-esteem movement, mainstream feminism, and then the internet-enabled sexual marketplace has all added to this stew that we're now stepping out of. That we don't have to be bathed in toxic masculinity every day. We can create our own. Because we got vibrators. Yeah. Easy to buy. Batteries are pretty cheap. A lot easier to Or you to can- so most of them now come with plug-in. Oh, there they you charge yeah. <laughs> the good ones. <laughs> uh, incels though blame women for not wanting to have sex with them because of the cultural changes, um, and that's done in face of women's conditioning um, that's changing, but it isn't with men. So they're still these incels. they a just a blanket term are still living in this toxic masculinity, and women just start putting it up with it. So we're less likely to settle with somebody who thinks that we're nothing good but for babies. And so this is adding to this incel growth. Or making babies, you might not want them. Right. Want the act of it. Exactly. What's weird though, about this whole incel movement, and this is where things kind of take a weird I was turn, I was so flustered by it, is that incels frequently call themselves subhuman. And this is kind of born from their own unattractiveness and social ineptitude. So there's a lot of self-hate. Like, it it's kind of makes sense. Like, if you're going to hate the world's odds are you're probably not happy in it. And there's a big part of self-loathing that comes with that kind of worldview. But I don't think I had ascribed that to them. Yeah. You sort of assume that they just hate girls right. and women. and. People that are out there maybe getting it on the reg, but apparently they also very much hate themselves. themselves. yeah. Which sort of makes sense, yeah. So I have a quote here from an incel message board, which Ooh. it's not going to be pretty, but here's the quote. Society has become a place for worship of females, and it's so fucking wrong. They're not gods. They are just a fucking cum dumpster. Hmm. Which, I mean, it's not true because we can be both. We're also, if you ever refer to a girl as cum-dumpster, she probably isn't going to be touching your dick. Exactly. Well, this is the problem, and that's our fault because we're uppity. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to refer to her as a cum-dumpster. Exactly. Oh, God, how dare I? I know, right? So, there's a quote in this article that I think is really important to talk, to kind of share with you, and the quote is, Incels aren't really looking for sex. They're looking for absolute male supremacy. Sex, defined to them as dominion over female bodies, is just their preferred sort of proof. What incels want is extremely limited and specific. They want unattractive, uncouth, and unpleasant misogynists to be able to have sex on demand with young, beautiful women. They believe that is a natural right. <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, I think you can ask any woman. Yeah, like you're going to be more physically attracted to some particular type of looking man but we all have our own different like what you find attractive is not necessarily what I find attractive by any means but what I'm saying is the reason why we invite these gentlemen into our bedroom is because there's some sort of personality behind the front face that we like enough to well that we'll put up with for enough time or like enough to let them in or they're really dumb and really pretty right they're usually not really mean pretty and really mean right but if they're dumb they're and really pretty <laughs> you just ignore the stupid stuff that comes out of their mouth so i think what i'm saying it's it's really like it's the personality and if you're yeah. gonna come at me calling me a come dumpster I'm, like you said i'm not gonna touch your downtown area like it's not happening like usually women We'll know pretty quickly if we're thinking about having sex with you. Yeah. And if we're open to that, it can also pretty much end. Like, those panties can come back up pretty quickly if you're like... Oh, yeah. We don't need four minutes in a cold room with thoughts of grandma to fix that yeah. problem. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We'll go on with our day, no problems. So it's clearly not about sex. in cells. It, it's a movement that's not about sex. It's really about viewing women as whores or lesser than but still wanting them to dress slutty and yet seeing makeup as false advertising. It's this weird mesh yeah, I mean. of dumb insanity as far as I'm concerned. But women aren't the only target uh, for these for this group. Men who treat women well are often seen as uh, weak or white knighting. And I'm air quoting white knighting. It's a term that I'm seeing more and more on Twitter, which I didn't understand until I did the prep for this. But it's really saying that if you support women in any way, then you're faking it or you're just not a good man, as if incels are good men. So there's another quote here that I have from a website called incels.me that was quoted in this article. Uh, Women are the ultimate cause of our suffering. They are the ones who have unjustly made our lives a living hell. We need to focus more on our hatred of women Hatred is power. So now we're getting into the scary aspect as far as I'm concerned. You can have opinions all you'd like, but as soon as you start talking about hatred being power, there's a lot of really ugly cultural movements that have been motivated by that that Mm -hmm. makes the Southern Poverty Law Centers move to put them on their hate watch list, a a good thing. Uh, Another quote, Nothing with a pussy can be an incel ever. Someone will be desperate enough to fuck it Men are lining up to fuck pigs, hippos, and ogres. Ogres are mythical creatures. <laughs> hippos are also very strong and very dangerous. So if you're like that dude who leaned in and slapped the ass of a hippo at the L.A. Zoo mm-hmm. that they're still looking for, you know, that hippo could have like turned around and drop kicked your ass because hippos, I don't know, they look really slow, but they're actually they're very angry. dangerous. They're one of the most dangerous animals Yeah, they're one of the most dangerous on animals on earth. Like, yeah. You're more likely to get killed by a rhino than a hippo or a bear. Yeah. And uh, as we know from uh, the Silence of the Lambs books, pigs will eat you. That's how you can get rid of a body in a big old hurry. Throw them to the pigs. Not just Silence of the Lambs. Robert Picton. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. There's another incel right there. Yeah. But he was paying for it. so Then murder these, these incels will pay for it if and when they can like uh the author made a good point of this article uh, that was in the new york times that i've been talking about the author observes that it's funny that women are being blamed for their position in society which basically is as over sexualized objects that and this position has been forced on them by men so we can't win we're we're over sexualized and under sexualized and nothing is going to be good enough for these groups So for another perspective, I wanted to kind of dig in on this whole self-hatred aspect of it. And so I found an article by Aja Romano on Vox titled, What a woman-led incel support group can teach us about men and mental health. And there was a subtitle, I thought incels were easy to demonize, then I talked to an incel support group. And... um, I thought with a title like that, that Aja was going to have to make a really good argument to get me on board with her slash them, which is what their preferred pronouns are, according to Tumblr. And I have to say she, they just didn't. So this article, I think, uh, tries to humanize the incels more than they deserve to be humanized. But let's look at why. So a couple of um, quotes from the article here. Incel culture is inherently built around the rejection of the idea that one's unhappiness can ever be remedied. These incels have are hopelessly upset. Like even if tomorrow we entered a handmaiden style they're still never gonna be happy. Yeah. They're always gonna want of Fred's actual handmaiden instead of their own. The culture is rife with depression, a nihilistic communal celebration of low self-esteem, and a widespread resistance to seeking therapy and getting treatment for mental illness. So the main point of this article was to ask how to help these men before they're radicalized or lash out with violence, and uh, it goes to the larger problem of how mental male mental health is viewed in society. Which admittedly, mental health just isn't viewed kindly in society. It's not- and It's, it's even worse with men. Yeah, for sure. So women are becoming more vocal in the culture um, as either incels themselves or allies trying to reduce this level of nihilism. And I think when they say incels, women as incels, really what's happening is two things. One they're going back to the original 1993, I'm socially awkward, it's just not for me because of that. And the other side is I am actually an alt writer. And this is just the loudest alt-right group at the moment, so it's the one I'm going to stick my hat with. Yeah. And then there are women like the ones who lead this online and self-support group that are just trying to reduce the level of nihilism and actually help with the mental health of these people. So the women in these communities that are trying to help, their position is that help doesn't come with... Uh, it doesn't start with the redistribution of sex, which no shit. That's not going to happen. That's not going to fix anything. But it's the the true way to help is to make available uh, and destigmatize mental health care. When help is offered, it's often seen as coming along with uh, ulterior motives or from a place of secret cruelty by incels, which is sad. But I mean, I think everyone with certain mental issues might feel that way from time to time. It's no excuse to turn around and call someone a cum dumpster. The appeal of being an incel isn't that you've accepted the harsh reality of the world. It's just that you're able to adjust and live within the cruel worlds outside. So you're the only one who sees the world as it truly is, which is a terrible place to try to find love and acceptance. Again, that's not an excuse to me. <laughs> so the sense of nihilism that kind of... Um, imbues the society, uh, causes incels to glorify suicide and encourage each other to, quote, stop coping. So different people at different times have proposed possible solutions to avoid radicalization of incels, including a recent op-ed in the New York Times, which almost made me cancel my subscription because this author was like real pro some of these ideas, which I think are going to get a little bonkers. Uh, The first is that the government sponsor time with sex workers. If you identify as an incel, it would be a medical condition and you would get a hooker at certain times to help you feel adjusted and appreciated by the female gender. Like, that's our problem to fix. Uh, One of the other suggestions was that we eliminate the rape culture. Geez, no one thought of that before. Really? Yes, please do. We would all love for that to end as quickly as possible. Yeah. And another solution proposed was that there needs to be difficult and uncomfortable conversations about the way young men are socialized long before they find their way to male supremacist corners on the internet. Again, no shit. It doesn't help when GOP women are going on CNN and saying... 17-year-olds all try to rape girls at some point. It's a rite of passage. There's nothing wrong with it. So until everyone's on board with ending rape culture and this toxic masculinity, that's not... Oh, I agree. It's not going anywhere. The article um, interviewed some people in the mental health field, including Matt Angler Carlson, director of the Center for Boys and Men at California State University Fullerton. He said, what the incels are expressing is probably pain, but there are biases around understanding mental pain. We all get socialized to look at men's needs and not see them as critical. Nope, I reject this idea out of hand. It's more of placing men and their pain above the pain that uh, women experience in these types of situations. Inger uh, Carlson also says it may be really hard for a lay person to understand that pain or having empathy for it. We throw people away so quickly. We don't see them as humans, we see them as opinions. Which aside, opinions make up the human, so yeah, pull your head of your ass. Uh, quote continues, we don't affirm the act, but you do affirm the person. Just dismissing them or saying you're crazy or you're radical or you're homophobic or you're sexist is not going to reinforce any kind of help seeking. What it reinforces is the notion that you are worthless. So what I'm reading is some dude who's trying to justify the bullshit actions of other dudes. And I don't have time for it. Just, you no. Know. I'm all for getting sick people mental health care. Um, but when they see me as scum and only good for being raped, I have to ask myself why I would bother the time, the energy. Our black family is expected to have empathy for our Klan's members. Same for the Jews and the Nazis and neo-Nazis. Uh, all the uh, doctors that were interviewed in that last article were men. Gia never sought out any woman to talk about, uh, to talk to the mental health aspect of all this. The women who moderate on the incel discussion forums um, that are set up to help find and help these people deal with it are only ever there for a short time. They rarely are able to stick it through because how could you in the face of constant hatred coming your way? And they shouldn't have to be there at all. This is a man's issue we are just inadvertent victims of it it's not i don't think it's women's right or women's place to have to fix problems with male toxic masculinity it's like saying that racial minorities are responsible for fixing racism no the problems from the racists not the victims of it so to me i see it as all the same this is a man's issue at root, so men need to step up and fix it and um, don't put it on the victims of this movement to also be the solution, is what I learned from my little trip down the incel rabbit hole. And it was a depressing as fuck read when I had to put this together. Well, I'm really glad I led with uh, my story for those people who are the $5 and above. Yes. Um, the handies. From dolphins. to giving Two handies dolphins. handies from See, dolphins. dolphins that would be fun <laughs> just little <laughs> flippers um but i think there's uh, apparently these incels would be very uh, infuriated that these dolphins were get- this dolphin was getting a handy and they weren't exactly so they would have dolphins on their rage uh radars exactly uh but there is some um a nice little parallel i think between yeah. your wild animals and my wild animals yeah but they're remember. all sexually frustrated yes my, my dolphins were sexually frustrated uh, my I'm not gonna call them my incels, but the incels are just uh, fucking animals who I think we should put into pools and left there. No handies for those. No handies for those guys. And they bring that on themselves. They could give handies to each other, I suppose. Ooh. There you go. There you go, gents. Try that out for size. If you weren't such like awful hate tanks, you'd probably be okay with that. But you're they're oftentimes homophobic as well. Yeah. Of course they are. Of course they are. Well wow, that was fun. That was a fun little trip down an interesting rabbit hole. Show notes will be on our website, or I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, And then you can reach out and uh, let us know what you think on rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Twitter at uh, at rabbitholespod, Facebook rabbitholespodcast page, and Instagram at rabbitholespodcast.com uh you are some of our you are one of our favorite people one of our favorite listeners because you are a patron you clearly already know where to go to find all of our patron information Uh, but if you are just coming in at one of the first couple levels maybe take a look and see what you can get at the higher levels because starting at the velveteen you would have access to the not so secret secret part of the website where we post more content and more interesting um, related stories that we come across Uh, you might find it interesting to uh, be part of that community as well if you want to rep us out in the big wide world you can get some of our merch at our store which is hosted by redbubble.com you can just search our name on redbubble or go to the merch tab on our website Also, it would be wonderful if you could take a minute to give us a good rating or a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, wherever you're downloading this podcast from. It would really help with our visibility. It would help us get us noticed in terms of the rankings and the ratings online, and that would help us spread the word. So as always, remember, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Have a good one. Bye, guys.